We acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the unceded, ancestral, and occupied traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Nation, the people of the three fires known as Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. And further, we give thanks to the Chippewa of Saugeen and the Chippewa of Nawash, now known as the Saugeen Ojibwe Nation, who are the traditional keepers of this land. In some parts of Canada, treaties were signed with First Nations that gave incoming settlers rights to much of the land, while in other areas, few or no treaties were signed. Unceded land was never given or legally signed away to Britain or Canada. Instead, it was stolen and continues to be occupied and governed by settlers today. As we live, work, surf and play, we say mahalo to the Métis, Inuit and Indigenous peoples of Turtle Island and from around the world who have stewarded these lands and sacred surf spots for thousands of years. We recognize their amazing resistance, resilience, and strength in the face of ongoing oppression, dispossession, colonial violence, and injustice. In particular, we wish for justice to be brought for the murdered and missing Indigenous women and girls from across our country. We believe that for true healing and harmony to occur, we must reflect and make serious changes while working together as we move forward in truth and reconciliation. We can be better, we can do better. Welcome to Permastoked. I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. In this podcast, we talk to your favorite surfers and stand-up paddleboarders from across the Great Lakes, Canada, the U.S., and beyond. We take a peek into their lives and find out what it means to be stoked. Is it a natural state of euphoria, elation, a relentless commitment? I also talk to other Permastoked individuals with ties to surf culture, such as artists, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, musicians, philanthropists, yogis, and much more. Join us each Monday in learning from these field experts and enthusiasts while being inspired by their undying passion, insights, and rad tales. Permastoked is brought to you by Freshwater Surf Goods, your surf brand devoted to spreading the stoke across the unsalted seas and cultivating pride amongst the surf community. We do this by providing products and apparel that celebrate the awesomeness of both Great Lakes and Canadian surf culture. Stand out in the tribe by rocking our gear. Visit freshwatersurfgoods.com today. Or look for our products in a surf shop near you, such as Surf Sup Eco Shop in Concarden and Goderich, where you can also find me, Derek Hyatt, teaching surf, sup, and yoga. Would you like to try the fastest growing sport in North America? Right on, because Freshwater Surf Goods has its own stand-up paddleboard school. We offer basic and advanced flatwater courses, SUP surfing and surfing lessons in groups and both private and semi-private, along with tours, custom experiences, and SUP yoga in and around Owen Sound, Grey Bruce, and other parts of Southwestern Ontario. Have fun as you take your skills from, okay, to killer with a Paddle Canada certified instructor. If you'd rather stay dry, check out our Great Vibes Yoga Meditation and Healing Program. Aloha is a life force energy of loving and living in harmony with all my relations. 
Through movement, mantra, meditation, and breath, our classes reveal to seekers how to connect with their true self so they may spread great vibrations in the spirit of aloha throughout the global consciousness. We use powerful yogic technologies and the Hawaiian art of Ho'oponopono to calm the nervous system and leave you feeling uplifted and in harmony with mind, body, and spirit. Enjoy community and a chill atmosphere filled with great vibes and sacred ancient teachings delivered with humor and integrity. episode, I chat with East Coast pro surfer and avid fly fisherman, Logan Landry. We speak to Logan from his home in Cow Bay, Nova Scotia, about what it means to surf for a living, running with Sasquatch, the state of the surf industry, chasing hurricanes, social change, embracing diversity, current events, and how he is related to the legendary Bodhisattva himself, Patrick Swayze. This episode was recorded on November 19th, 2020. It is family friendly with minimal swearing, but no F-bombs. To pay tribute to the fallen victims and loved ones of the 2020 Nova Scotia attacks and to celebrate the resilience of the province, please enjoy music by my maritime friend, Tom Curry and his band Scrapes. This is Wait and See off their 2018 album, Scrapes.
Logan Landry, welcome to Permastoke, dude. How you doing? Great, man. How are you? Right nice on, to, man. Uh, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too, bro. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here talking to you on the East Coast. So I imagine you're an hour ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. We're we're all the way over here in Atlantic time. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of the people I talk to and work with are like all on different time schedules. So I'm always like that first person. Like usually at this time of night, like my phone goes like completely silent. I have that new, the Apple thing where like after 7.30, like phone is just like off. It's kind of nice. It's nice. uh yeah, because I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can get like sucked into it a little bit and just end up sitting on my phone all night and not actually being present. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I just moved from Vancouver to Ontario like a couple months ago. So I was sort of used to that, you know, time, like, for example, you know, a couple of weeks ago during the presidential debate. Yeah. Normally that stuff would be on about six o'clock. But now that I'm in Ontario, everything starts so late, right? Like sporting yeah, events or those kind of things. Totally, like it's it's a thing. Like I miss so much of that just because you know, being out here so removed, you're you all those things. And then like, I don't know about you, but like being a surfer, I find my, my time schedules are like, I'm a very early morning person. By the time like eight o'clock comes around, I'm just like, Oh, like, is it too early to go to bed? So you're a real Dawn Patrol guy out there? Yeah. Like, um, I, you know what, like I, I say I am, I have like really bad FOMO. So, and I, I live like, I can see the ocean from my place. So nice. I will, I will get up in the dark, have like coffee and stuff. But, you know, over the last couple of years, I usually, it depends if, it, if it's like pumping and I'm just going to surf in front of my house, like I'll let the before work crew, like kind of get after it. And then like, I paddle out what I call like gentleman's hour, like nine 30, okay. like as everybody's going to work, like I'll just, you know, that's, that's my time. I'll go out there and surf for a while. And then, yeah, it's nice. And then you know, you don't really take away from all the other people's waves and stuff like that. And yeah, you don't, you don't ever get jaded because it's never that crowded. So. Right on. Absolutely. So I read in your bio, it says that you've never had a real job. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, today's definition of a real job has definitely changed, but probably when, where did you read that from? Um, yeah, good. I mean, Probably something it was that was the Jack Links. Uh, I think it might have been the Jack Links bio. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like I've, I've been fortunate enough to be been. I mean, been surfing for what feels like ever now. I mean, I'm 31. I think I've been surfing for like 19 years now. Wow, incredible! Is, you know, like it feels like it's forever, but then it also feels like it's been a flash, just like that. You know, it's it's something. I don't know. It's really special. It's I'm, I'm super thankful to be able to do it and continue to be able to do it. And yeah, hopefully be able to do it as, as long as I can, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that, that's your job. That is a, you know, a job that so many of us would think is just, you know, incredible to have. So it's not like you're a part of a union or some large crowd of professional Nova Scotian surfers. So no, you know, walk me through that. Like you grew up uh, in Cal Bay, is it? No, I live in Cal Bay now. I grew up okay. in like the southwestern part of the province, like in a very rural town, actually. I think there's only like 3,000 people that live there. So it's like even, it's even weirder when you really dive into it. Okay. What's um, the name of the town? It's actually called Berwick, Nova Scotia, which like it's, it's on the Bay of Funday side. So it's like not predominantly a surf place. 
I have surfed there and there are waves around there, but like, yeah, like predominantly I was driving like quite a ways to go surf consistent waves. Okay. Southwest part of the Island. I'm trying to remember, uh, I tree planted in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So it would be down that way. Yeah. In 2008. And I'm forget Annapolis Royal. Yeah. So like pretty close to there. Okay. That's some beautiful area. Yeah, it's like super woodsy down there. Like that's where I do a lot of my fishing and we actually have a cabin down there and stuff. Yeah, lots of ticks. Oh, it's insane. You know what? Like (laughs) ticks, like it is a very like talked about thing now in Nova Scotia, but we never like, those are a new thing. Really? Yeah, like I guess they came over on migratory birds from Maine because like talking to my grandfather and my father, like we didn't have ticks growing up. And then even lately like i i'd never seen ticks close to cow bay or anything and now i see them here and like we still don't have them really up and too much in the northern end of the province but like there's surf spots that we walk into and i it's not uncommon to pick like 15 to 20 ticks off you wow yeah Yeah. it it was a big deal you you would have to pick them off you every night every morning for sure yeah and it's now a thing like i there's like certain times of year i don't bring my dog with me anymore just because it's like it's too much yeah i remember the first time my dog got a deer tick Mm. years ago i didn't know what it was and it it just sort of looked like this wart and i remember just got bigger and then one day my dad grabbed it and it moved we're like what the hell (laughs) yeah they're they're pretty hectic so yeah i mean it's like in lyme disease now is like a a big part of and like nova scotian's life like i i know so many people that have it now it's insane jeez wow okay yeah, go go uh, into the bush with caution yeah i mean i mean chalk it up to like environmental catastrophe or global warming or whatever but it's like it's you know for anybody to say it's not a thing it's definitely a thing yeah oh i'll, I'll vouch for that so you grew up in the southwest corner of the province so how did you get over into the Lawrencetown area or wherever it was? That so, you yeah, my mom's family's from around here originally. And like, she would, she was always very active, like with her family. So I just always hitch a ride and go surfing. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, so I surfed a lot up here and then I surfed a bunch down like the South shore of Nova Scotia. And yeah, I don't know. It just kind of like, it wasn't anything that was like in particularly planned. It was just something that kind of grew organically. And then, when I was like 16, I got my license and that changed everything. And then shortly after I, you know, got out of school kind of early and would go surf all the time. And then, yeah, that's, it just kind of went from there. So what was the scene like for you when all that started? Were you solo? Were you? I was solo. It was a, it was a solo thing. There's no, I mean, all my friends and everything I have in life has come through surfing, which is amazing. And yeah, like it, it's so cool to like sit back and look at, but yeah, no, I started um, yeah, all by my lonesome. Um, I remember like the first winter I started, like the first winter I surfed all year, I think it was like 12 or 13 and I had to wear a women's wetsuit because they didn't make <laughs> like kid sized five fours with hoods. Wow. So I had to have this like O'Neill woman's suit with a hood. Nice. And you know, the only thing I ever hear is the opposite of that story. Like talking to women who had to settle for some yeah. boys wetsuit. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah like, and I, I think it's so cool. Cause like my son will be able like, you know, by the time he's old enough, like he'll have five fours in his size. 
Yeah, and like, that's just something we didn't have. And it's like either we froze. I remember I had one time I had this like pair of mitts that like this lobster fisherman had like sewn, and I swear they're like 15 mil thick. They're <laughs> they're like wearing other mitts, but it was so funny. They like fully made them for lobster fishing, and I somehow yeah. ended up with them. Those are the real deal. Those were the the lobster gloves before they started calling them lobster mitts. Oh no, these things were like full mitts, like. Okay. <laughs> They were classic. They were so thick. It was insane. I don't think my hands could bend. I think it was just like full paddle and pop up and that was it. Wow. So, so back then, so for me, 2008 was the year I tree planted out there. And so <laughs> I remember going surfing in Lawrencetown and at Martinique beach and yeah. There wasn't many people out there, but there was a, you know, a couple surf shops. If I remember correctly, there yeah, was we one were, called yeah, South Shore. Established scene by then. Um, I mean, man, the scene goes way, way, way before even me, you know? Like, yeah. But yeah, like I, I think for me, like I've seen the most growth in it, like in, in my time period. Yeah. yeah. People have been surfing here since like the 60s. So incredible. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, we, we've had shops forever. Like even when I was younger, like we had we had full like contest series and stuff like that. And like that's where I met most of my friends that I'm better my best friends now. So like you know, that was like contests really aren't my thing, but like I'm super glad they were a part of my life, and it just you know it gave me an excuse to go surfing. Yeah. yeah. So when you were growing up, or when you were in high school, did you know that that's what you wanted to be was a pro surfer? Uh, no, not necessarily. Like I mean, you know, it's just not really a career path that you would generally take here. It's um, you know, luckily for me, I had uh, Nico Manos to look up to, and he mm -hmm. kind of like was the first professional surfer in Nova Scotia. So like the blueprint was already there. So like, you know, without that, like, man, for him, like, I don't even know like how you, you know, decide to make that call, you know, cause it, it is, it's, it's, it's quite the call because, you know, you, when all your other friends are going to university and studying and doing all these things that, you know, society would have you believe is the way to do it. Then you're like, I oh, know I'm actually just going to go surfing and going to try and crack a living at this. It's like, wow. That's a pretty big decision, you know, as much as it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to go ride surfboards all around the world and have a grand time. It's like, that's a, that's a heavy decision to make. Yeah. And like, one of sat, like, you know, like it, as, as awesome it is, it is, it's like, you're, you're kind of, you know, making your own path at that sense, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, luckily for me, he kind of laid the blueprint. I had something to follow and kind of, you know, that really helped a lot. Amazing. Yeah, I did watch, uh, you know, while I was doing some research here a little earlier today, I got to watch a great video of you uh, for Jack Links, the Sasquatch oh, yeah. video. Yeah. I realize it's a couple years old, but still uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We filmed that in uh, Chile, actually, like two weeks before my wedding. My wife was really psyched. Oh, nice. I got to go on like a full surf mission like two weeks before our wedding, so... So how long does something like that take to film? Um, well, it's funny because like I didn't really have much to do with the production of that. Mm -hmm. So like, man, like we picked Chile and like, yeah, Chile is a great time to go. I've never been there. So like I was just kind of like picking, like I talked to Nico, he's been there. I talked to Noah Cohen, he's been there. But like I knew nothing about the place. Um, so we get there and like all I pack were like 5'11 shortboards. And we get there, what like happened to be like the biggest swell they've had in 10 years. We lost power for eight days. Like they had rain, floods, roads were washed out. Like 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was quite the adventure. But yeah, it, it turned out like we had one really good day of surf and that's kind of all it needed. And yeah, it went well. It was fun. And Chile is a beautiful country. I would love to go back after all the shenanigans are done of 2020. Yeah, seriously. So how is COVID affecting your surfing uh, these days or traveling I mean, or your normal routine? I mean, yeah, this is the first time in 30 years I haven't traveled internationally, which is mm. crazy. Um, but it's been it's been real nice. Like I was kind of I was, you know I planned to take some time off and you know be there for the birth of my son and the first like couple months of his life like you know straightforward. And then it's been great. I just get to hang out with him and you know um, do other things. Like I fished a bunch this year, which like usually summertime comes around and I don't get to go fishing as much as I would like. So this oh. year I got to partake and like not feel guilty about it because there's no waves yeah but, for real oh, like this is awesome like you know I, I got to do things that i haven't been able to do in so many years and it's like made me really appreciate where i live even more yeah so when was your son born sorry when was your son born uh may the 4th he was oh. really dirt like we yeah we did a reno and had our child during the pandemic Wow, incredible. So, yeah. uh, isn't that like the Star Wars day? Maybe yeah, it, be with yeah, you. My, my wife's not so psyched on that. She's like, oh no, he's totally going to be like stuck with that for the rest of his life. Yeah, for real. What, what's his name? Uh, River. River, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what's the uh, age expectancy when he gets on a board? Oh, I, ha I had him laying on a surfboard at like two months. <laughs> really? Okay. Oh, yeah. oh. All right, you've already. Uh, you've yeah, I, I try to talk my wife into letting me like go stand up with him in like ankle deep water and like some whitewash. She's like, not, nah, not yet. Oh man, incredible! So, so you know, you talked about you know when you're in high school and and then mm -hmm. when when all this happened. So, for all of us at home who you know we love surfing, um, but it's a leisure activity, we really don't know how does one become a pro surfer? What does that look like? Like how, how does that happen? Especially as a Canadian. Um, I mean, if it was, if it was 10, 15 years ago, I'd have a much better answer. Like I, I would say that question is ever evolving. Like even today, as we speak, like, what is it to be a pro surfer? Like, you know, like, is it con like, you know, like 10, 20 years ago, it was like contest results. Like that's how, that's how it, you know, was, like monetized you know They're like oh you're this good you know you you get, receive this much paycheck and then you know when i came on the scene it was like oh like you know x number of photos in a magazine like you know the monetary value associated with that you know that that's the calculation but now with social media and you know having your own channels like i, I know people that you know are, look at there's arguably some of the most famous surfers in the world right now like don't even surf on not, not that they don't even surf on tour, but they're not even like mainstream to a sense. Like there's so many like YouTubers and stuff that like not to take anything away from them, but like they didn't go the traditional path and they're largely successful. And that's yeah. like, it. like, I think that's really cool. You know, it just, it opens it up. You know, there's, there's more things than like being like this insanely talented river. But I mean, also that being said is it, it brings on all these other, things as an individual you can add to yourself like to your sponsors or your brands you know you can you can be a part of that marketing discussion like before it was like 
oh, like we have Logan out here, you know, let's send him that plan. He'll go do that, you know, and it'll be executed to the letter and then, you know, job done. But now it's like, it's, you know, we come up with the plans, we produce everything and then we send it to like all of the sponsors or brands that we're associated with. And that's kind of like almost like the, the new realm and it's even oh. forever changing, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Like people have their own YouTube channels and yeah, it's, it's insane. So I guess there's a difference then between, well, there can be a difference between a competitive surfer and a professional surfer then. Absolutely. And I think now more than ever, like um, New York times actually just, or I think it was the times I can't remember. Anyway, somebody published this whole thing about like the most famous surfers in the world. And like, none of them were on the CT. Yeah. And they, they picked certain YouTube, like, I mean, Jamie O'Brien's YouTube channel is like hugely successful. I think, I mean, I I don't want to get the stats wrong, but I think he's like Red Bull's like number one watch show. Wow. And like, I don't know if you've been, you see it much, but like a lot of it, like, isn't even really surf based anymore. It's just like antics and like his day-to-day life, which, you know, like there's a certain amount of genius in that. Like he's extended his career past, like, I mean, take Kelly and all those dudes away, but like, you know, most free surfers, unless you had like a niche, you know, we're going to probably call it in their early thirties. So it's, He's, he's well beyond that. So it's, it's really cool to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got guys like uh, Laird Hamilton as well. Yeah, exactly. Like they're just, you know, I mean, even like Laird's a great example. Like, you know, like if, if you're talking about like core dudes, like maybe he's not like the most like preferred surfer, we'll call it. But like, mm. you know, any of like my dad's friends are like, yeah, you know, you know, Laird Hamilton. Like, yeah, no, you know, like the Laird's superfood. Like, you know, he has all his own brands attached to yeah. it. Like, he's really a master at like, you know, building his own brand. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool how there's these different realms, I guess now, and guys like Laird compared to a Kelly Slater really kind of create that diverse um, entry point, I guess. Like you're talking about your dad and his friends are going to look different than, you know, the teenage Oh, absolutely. Skateboarders in Dartmouth or something. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's cool because there's all these different places for things to go. I mean, it's, there's a, there's a positive and a negative to everything, you know, the the negative being that things are consumed on such high levels that people don't like, you know, video parts now are down to like three minutes and like, that's like, you can get past that. Like, wow. You know, like it's, it's, it, there's no story anymore. It's just bam, 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 bam. Everybody's numb to it. And then it's like, you know, shoot up, consume. Like we, we put a lot of work into these, yeah. a lot of passion. It's like, you know, somebody's just like flipping through on Instagram, like, yeah, next. Like, so that's, that's the downside to it. But yeah. Yeah. I heard one of the guests I had on my show referred to it as surf porn when it's yeah. just like videos of guys surfing and nothing else yeah it's like sweet and i mean the thing is too is like everybody's so good now that like what's the point of difference you know everybody can do airs everybody gets tubed everybody can do turns like yeah i want to see a story build and like an adventure scene like i i feel like that's the one thing that surfing i feel like is kind of like moving it's moving into like a more of like a commercial zone and like trying there, I, I get it. It, it like, it's going to help the sport grow, like with like the wave pools and the way the WSL is marketing stuff. But like, I just don't want this, like the reason why people go surfing to be like skewed in any way. Yeah. 
Because for me, like, the whole reason I ever started surfing or going surfing is so we can go surf awesome waves with my friends. And I think that a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. So sort of, you know, pick it all away and that's what's at the core for you? Oh, 100%. Like, I mean, I, I did the QS to, you know, I don't know, maybe it was like an ego thing to like just say I did it or, you know, travel around and at least say I tried, you know, yeah. but it, it was not for me. Like I would be out there and I just, I don't want like these kids would just, they want to beat you that bad. And like, I understand that. Like you're, you're in a contest. You should be like that. If you're going to do it, you should try and win at all costs. I understand that. But like, also like the judging criteria hasn't changed in how long and like surfing's evolved since then. It's like, I don't want to get a seven five for like doing surfing 70% and bashing the whitewater all the way to the beach. Like that's no fun for me. Like I would rather go, try and go as fast as I can and do the biggest air and land it or not land it. Like that's way more fun to me. Like I like the way that like the snowboard and the skate contests are structured much more than the way surf contests are structured. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think it would help evolve the sport, you know, progressively if we were, you know, if it was more like that, like what stab high was doing and like the Red Bull airborne stuff, like that was really cool. Like, yes, granted it was all in the air and there was no turns or tubes, but you know, something along that format just seems so much more entertaining, hmm. you know, and if they're trying to expand it to like outside people, like your average, your average Joe doesn't care how many backside nooners you do to the beach. You know, he wants to see somebody go real high and spin real fast. Cause like, that's relatable. Hmm. You know, like, even if you don't surf, you know, that that's like a dynamic maneuver and you go, Oh wow, that's really cool. Yeah. You know, cause there's so many sports to compare to like, there's like, everything like even like snowboarding skateboarding motocross even figure skating you know like you know like somebody that is outside of surf can like kind of relate to something dynamic going like that or like whereas like you know they see somebody do three backside hits on a waist high wave like they're like next yeah yeah i mean but again it, it all has its place so some of the maneuvers that are, you know, seen as more spectacular that not everybody's doing, you know, like going in the barrels or, you know, doing the airs and stuff like that. Was that just something that came to you over time or did you have any kind of mentor out there in the water? No, or I grew up snowboarding and skateboarding. Mm. And my personality is if people like, I don't know, I just something in me is like, yeah, I'm going to do whatever, whatever somebody else isn't doing okay. so for me like and like with my i was just yeah more more in the air <laughs> um it's just always kind of come pretty naturally to me i guess um and then it's also more like it's what excites me yeah so like, if you're not doing errors do you get a little bored is that like a no 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 I, I love, like i i love surfing and like doing big turns on big waves like that's that's fun like if you get give me like an overhead left hand point break like that's just so much fun to me okay nice right on yeah i mean there's a time and place i also like that took a long time for me to learn like when i was a kid i was just like oh air on everything you know and like i couldn't even do a turn but i could you know get in the air and that was stupid so yeah. you know i had to go back and learn the fundamentals again so but, but yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I like, I even more as I get older, like I really like ooh, a good turn because you know every thirteen-year-old kid can do better airs than me. So wow, yeah, I want to, I want to see like a good turn. Like, there's just something timeless about that. Yeah. Now, if you mix big turns and big airs, then that that's the winning combo. 
Nice. Yeah. So you were mentioning, you were talking earlier about videos and you know, the one point I wanted to add about that is that um, the other thing about today is that anybody can also pretty much make these high quality videos. Like oh, amateurs are cranking out. Oh, it's insane. Beautiful like my, footage. My, my iPhone shoots what like people were paying like 15 grand for, for a camera like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But like really like I mean and that's cool though like you know like it's literally accessible to anybody like there's no like before you like if there was all these steps just to even get seen now you can just like you know if you're good enough and you do cool enough stuff or like you have your own little niche like go for it yeah absolutely it'll probably be something yeah so so this video that was released not long ago about you guys chasing the hurricane uh, yeah hurricane teddy so I think that was in was that in September did that happen? Uh, maybe early October. Okay. I don't know. We've had a lot of hurricanes this year. It's hard to keep them all. Yeah. So maybe tell us about that because there seemed to be some heart and some story to that. It seemed like you had a story you wanted to tell. Yeah. So, I mean, Red Bull approached me about doing that and we we're like, okay, like, yeah, but we, we want to tell a story. Like we want, and to be fair, like surfing is, is interesting because like we, we glorify, you know, pro surfers going to waves that like not everybody gets to go to mm-hmm. and an experience that nobody really gets to, you know, it's, it's so elitist and like, it's like, Hey, Whoa, like, you know, let's, let's bring it back a little bit. Like that is that, you know, that portrays to very few people mm-hmm. like let's, so the whole idea with this project is like, Hey, like everybody can relate to a hurricane chase. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to sugarcoat anything. Like, you know, let's, let's show it for what it is, you know? And that was a pretty honest, like video of what happened. Like the, the wave showed up day one, it was really fun. And then the hurricane kind of took a breath as they tend to do. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we, the second day was very average at best. Um, and then day three was supposed to be just like completely blown out and stormy and ended up being awesome. So like, you know, we, we just wanted to take the viewer and show an honest portray of like what actually goes into it yeah and so this was all filmed in in atlantic canada right that was all sorry that was all in atlantic canada right yeah, yeah, yeah. on nova scotia yeah um, yeah all filmed in a couple hours of my place so so these are these waves are, are accessible to anybody these aren't like coaster yeah, i mean weekend. you probably need to know where to go what to do but um yeah no like the whole coastline was good on that as well so like, you know, maybe, maybe people didn't find the waves of quality that we found, but at least they could like associate with that adventure because they were pretty much on the same one, you know, like they, they were, everybody tracks the swell. Everybody has their little spots they want to go to. So like, it, it was very relatable and that's what we wanted to show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we don't need another video of somebody surfing like 15 foot perfect waves that like 99% of the people are never going to touch. You were mentioning, uh, you know, people making a living these days off of being featured in magazines and things like that. And so, you know, your travel buddy in those, Scotty Sharon, what's it like uh, going out with him? Uh, me and Scotty have been friends forever, like well before surfing was our, our jobs, you know? Okay. Yeah, so it's been really cool, like, to grow up with somebody and like, you know, as our, both of our careers grow, it's like, we're, we're, we're a team. We're not, it's not like he's one and I'm one. It's like, we do everything together and the ideas are both our ideas. It's not one or the other, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And that like, it's really cool to create something where, you know, there's that much input from two individuals, you know? So it's, it's fun. It's re- and it's really com- like, it's really comfortable working with somebody that you're that close with. Yeah, really. So it's like, it, I mean, I, I you know, it's, it's kind of funny because every now and again, I'll work with somebody else and it's just like, it's kind of weird. Like, it's just, Not you know, same, yeah. cause you have to, not only are you working with like, you know, on their side, it's like art, you know? So it's like, you're dealing yeah. with artists. So, and then like me, it's like, you know, you're, you know, he's so used to watching me surf. He can expect what I'm going to do before I even do it. So, you know, wow. that's an easy relationship to have, but when you work with somebody else, there's all those nuances that you have to overcome and yeah. figure out, which it's fun. That's fun too. So. So did you cry as hard as we all did when SBC surf went away? Oh yeah, that sucked. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a big blow. Um, but I mean, it's kind of like going with the times, you know. Like surfing went, Transworld went. Uh, now surfers gone, <laughs> like insane. Um, but I mean, I don't know. What do you think the future is for for that. I honestly ask myself that every day because I'm yeah. just like, okay, like this. It, not everything adds up like surfing's the most popular it's ever been by a long shot yeah but yet we have no real surf magazine anymore mm-hmm. and like i get it like you know when i was a child i had every subscription to every magazine they came monthly yeah and now like you, you know everything's on your phone mm-hmm. so it's like it's just it's evolved it's not it's not that we don't have surf media but it's almost like everybody's their own media channel now Mm. and there's certain like the the medias that are still around are more or less just compiling that into like one easy to like take in portal you know yeah regardless i miss it so much like i remember when it was i feel like it used to be quarterly at one point then it went down to twice a year yeah and then i feel like it went down to annual for a while yeah i mean I mean, I owe a lot of my career to that magazine and the people that work there and like yeah. forever it'll be a part of me. So, and I think it's also important for our culture, like as a Canadian surf culture, like, you know, it was the one thing that kind of like bound us all together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how we on the Great Lakes know names like Logan Landry or yeah. Noah Cohen. That's uh, how we all were connected. I agree. Yeah, because I mean, it's such a big country that we live in. Like, it's quicker for me to fly to Ireland and go surf with my buddies in Ireland than it is to go surf with my friends in Tipino. Wow. So it's like, that's a big country. And, you know, <laughs> if we got something to bring it all together, that's great. But yeah, now not only is it quicker it might even be cheaper oh it's definitely cheaper it's always cheaper <laughs> oh man Pretty much uh, <laughs> yeah so hey in canada obviously i take it you spent quite a bit of time in tofino uh yeah i have yeah not this year <laughs> not this year yeah. yeah so what about some of these other spots have you ever done any great lake surfing or checked out any of the river surfing alberta I have, Ottawa? I have surfed in montreal on the rivers okay um just because montreal is like not that far and a lot of my sponsors head offices are there so i just always okay. for the novelty of it bring a board and give it a look um and yeah i've surfed a bunch in tofino um i haven't gotten to the great lakes yet I had a trip planned and COVID, so. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Actually, this year we were planning to take off from Nova Scotia 
in November and drive across the country and get go to Tofino for a bit. But yeah, we're we're here in Nova Scotia, so on hold for a while. Well, let me yeah. know when the Great Lakes thing uh, ever shakes out. I'd love to come uh, come see you surf and, and yeah, go. yeah. Oh, my yeah. buddy Kevin went over there and said it was a blast. So yeah, is that Kevin Schultz? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you were mentioning places like Ireland, right? So, so I, I I read here too, like you've done some surfing over in Iceland, Scotland, Sweden. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. All the all the European places. Yeah, I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time in Iceland over the years. I have a great many friends over there. Wow. So what's yeah. it like surfing in Iceland? I mean, this uh-huh. isn't California or Hawaii. Kind like of similar to here in the winter, it's actually a little warmer than here in the winter. Oh really? Yeah, like the water, the, they get the uh, golf current, so their water doesn't quite get as cold. Super windy place, though. Definitely the windiest place I've ever surfed. Very hard to get waves. Like, probably one of the most frustrating places in the world to get surf, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, you know, going back to that whole um, being a Canadian surfer type of thing, so what does that responsibility feel like for you representing Canada as a surfer because you are just one of a small pocket of people. Yeah. And how are you, how are you perceived by your peers when you are, you know, amidst surfers from around the world? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I think like with like my close peers that live internationally, like they're just used to it because I've been traveling for so long and they're just like, Oh yeah, Logan, he's from Nova Scotia. Like, yeah, that's, almost like you know it's like a given um and then everybody wants to come here and i usually have people staying at my house every month of the year so, <laughs> yeah. uh, actually in the room i'm in right now this is uh this is the guest suite so um, oh nice yeah no like i think yeah we have guests like eight months of the year generally wow like it's Incredible. crazy it's like yeah it's good covid's been kind of nice because you know it's just been us and like we had our child so it's been it's been a little bit of downtime but yeah um, yeah, usually the, the place is bumping with visiting surfers. And then the cool thing about surfing is like everywhere I go in the world, I have a place to stay. So it's, it's yeah. really- So you're not looked at as sort of, you know, I'm thinking of the old movie, the movie Cool Runnings, the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> you know, like I'm wondering if it's like, what? A Canadian a surfer from Canada? Like I'm sure there's some people who don't have yeah, well, I- when I was younger, for sure. But then like, as you know, I got older and Canada got a little bit more on the map. Thanks, Pete. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, like people took us a little bit more serious and it wasn't, you didn't get that like, Oh, surfers from Canada. Like didn't know you could surf up there. Like, you know, yeah. um, so that's, but that's been like a, a big change. Like, you know, Canada is well known and known that we have great waves. So like generally when I'm speaking, they're like, Oh, like, you know, Hi, I'm Logan. I'm from Nova Scotia. Like crazy. Like I heard you guys have really good ways. Like, yeah. And then like, that's usually how the conversation goes. Um, I generally do find I get treated a little different than my American counterparts, which is kind of nice. Okay. Obviously in a positive way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, like I just don't get like whenever we're in Europe, like they always get hassled at the border and I'm just kind of like flying by and to talk to me than them. And yeah, because like that's, they're like hey where are you from or like they'll be like hey who are you where are you from and then as soon as you say Canada like oh hey how's it going yeah you keep that maple leaf crest on your backpack <laughs> nah but um yeah it's usually like when you're traveling that's like the first thing that comes up so usually uh once that comes up it's 
we've very rarely had any any other things besides positivity so yeah yeah absolutely what's the spirit of nova scotia right now because i mean we have covid i know that you guys actually had checkpoints for a while um, not necessarily allowing people in or it was harder to go there anyways yeah um and then also we had that very tragic uh you know shooting earlier in the year yeah it's been man it's been like a crazy year yeah um and nova scotia is such a small place that like if you don't know somebody like you definitely have a connection somehow some way um that yeah all that stuff was insane um and like yeah it's just what a year um but yeah we didn't really have outsiders come in like and we rely heavily on tourism in the summer yeah absolutely one of the quietest summers i can remember um and i don't think that's like unfortunately we've just had a little spike in cases for us we were at zero forever um so yeah they're they're kind of thinking probably shut down or at least like partial shutdown again yeah um, which will be interesting um but yeah we've we've handled everything like really really well nova scotia's we're we're resilient people um generally pretty positive and happy go lucky so i mean when you live here and you deal with the weather and the wind and the darkness that we do you know it kind of kind of breeds it into you yeah, definitely. I uh, I love my time out there, man. I spent uh, probably an entire summer, anyhow, yeah, um, out in Nova Scotia, and so I spent time down in the valley. Then we moved up. Uh, I spent a couple of weeks in. Actually, got to plant in Halifax at the I think it's called the Point Pleasant Park because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was a hurricane went through there. So that was the one time when I actually got out of the bush for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Hurricane Juan went through there in 2001 and like pretty much leveled it. Yeah, so so that was kind of cool, really hanging out in Halifax and what's that area called, the Hydrosphere or something? Hydrosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hung out around there in Citadel Hill, and then uh, we ended up in Anaganish was yeah one of our last places. Yeah, just yeah. a legendary time. Yeah, yeah. I, I the more time I spend here, the more I really appreciate Nova Scotia. Yeah, like, it's pretty awesome. So, anybody thinking of coming to Nova Scotia with surfing in mind, you know, what, what do you kind of uh, what do you kind of say to them? Like, it's not you know your typical. Oh, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to California. Like, um, how would you prep someone for a surf trip to Nova Scotia? Uh, get a good rental car with really good gas mileage because you will be driving a lot. Okay. It is not an easy place to get waves. Like, yeah, like if you like, I'm fortunate enough to live like right on the surf so I can like run out whenever, you know, but like generally speaking, like even if you live in Halifax, which is like perceivably close to the surf and like it's on the ocean, but by the time you actually like get in your car, go through traffic, get to the waves, that's like a 45 minute or more ordeal. Oh, wow. And that's like for one little zone. If you, if you want to go like deep and like go explore, like, you know, get a couple coffees in you and uh, get a very fuel efficient car because yeah, I mean, there's been times we've driven 16 hours and surfed for like one. Wow. So it's, it's, yeah, we, we like to drive here and it pays off sometimes and sometimes it doesn't, but yeah it's just the wind and the swell like the swells move so fast here like it can go from 30 foot to flat in the run of a day no worries wow 
Yeah, just because, like, we're so exposed. So as soon as that wind goes offshore, like, that swells. Like, see, ya, it's going over to Europe. So, mm. yeah, swells move very, very fast here. If I, if I was to, like, give advice on, like, somebody wanting to come here and get waves, like, come for a good chunk of time and you'll probably get really fun waves. But if you're, like, trying to just be like, oh, I have, like, oh, four days, like, yeah, you should probably go somewhere else. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But but this year this is not the season for surfing in Nova Scotia, unfortunately. Um, yeah. With all this COVID stuff, I take it you didn't go to too many lobster boils this year. No, I stayed pretty close to home. I mean, summer was like pretty normalish, other than like people weren't allowed here. Like our restrictions were lifted pretty good. Yeah. Um, like we were allowed to hang out and stuff. It's just yeah, lately I guess called the second wave or whatever. That's kind of like, and it's, it hasn't even happened yet. It'll probably happen like tomorrow or something. But mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, you're not allowed in here unless you want to quarantine for 14 days and the cops come check in on you. And oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. There's, been a, there's been a few mishaps where, you know, people got their information crossed. And yeah. But yeah. other than that, it's been, it's been pretty great. Yeah. This is a year like no other, man. This is a totally new experience for all of us, that's for sure. We're going to come out of this, like, all shell-shocked. Like, you know, this generation, like, nothing's going to surprise us. Like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Like, just no no shock factor anymore. Yeah. Like, remember when we used to be allowed to hang out with people? Like, whatever happened to that? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's insane. It's so, it's so, like, like you, you brought up the, like, the horrible mass shooting that we had at, like, Honestly, mm. like it's been such a crazy year, I forgot about it. Wow. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's one thing after another after another. And it's not just, you know, in my little zone, it's like globally, you know. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. What, what we're seeing go down right now is like historic, like never before seen stuff. So hey, on, on a more positive note then, you know, what is the, what does the future look like for you? Where do you plan to, to take your surfing career or where can oh, man, we see you when COVID blows over? That is a daily question I ask myself. Yeah. I, I don't like it's, you know, um, I don't know. It's it honestly like every day it changes. Not yeah. in a sense that like it's just, you know, I don't know what a month from now looks like. Nobody does, you know, we're yeah. Still, there's still so much unknown on that side and like the industry is ever changing the media is ever changing so i don't know like the best thing i could say is like i'll just adapt you know and yeah. do what i try and do best and just you know do what adventures make me feel like um, i'm having fun with it and if i'm like i'll do it until i'm not having fun with it anymore and the day i'm not having fun with it well I probably won't do it anymore right up hopefully that day won't come. Hopefully I'm like 95 years old and like riding a longboard and like can barely get up. And you know, that was <laughs> awesome. But like, maybe it's like five days down the track and you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this, this is it. And I think yeah. it like, it's, and that's like, especially for pro surfers, like I find, you know, some don't know when, like I've seen a couple like get really bummed on surfing and they just keep doing it. And you're like, Whoa, like why, you know, we didn't start that way. Like, yes it's a job and yes you know that adds some like real life stressors to it but at the same sense it's like it's still just surfing like you don't have to take it so serious we're full-grown men riding little foam boats ashore like Mm -hmm. you know it's it's not a serious thing you know in skin tight suits it's pretty comical when you break it down we're just like bobbing out bobbing out in the ocean for like hours on a time to like 
stand up on a board for a couple seconds. So yeah, it's, it's great. And it's given me a wonderful life and it does give me immense amount of joy, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I'm going to keep going until my body doesn't want to go anymore. Still, I don't want to do it anymore. So with surfing now being in the Olympics, is that somewhere we might see you someday or? Uh, probably not. Um, at, at one point, like, I don't know, I kind of got like sucked into it. Like, Oh yeah, Canada's going like, we're doing Olympics and all that fun stuff. And like, I've been on team Canada. I've gone to nationals. I do all that. And like, I don't get me wrong. I still enjoy it and I will always do it because, but it's not because I want to go to the Olympics. It's because I want to go hang out with my friends and surf in Tofino. And it's more about the camaraderie than the actual competition. Nice. Um, it's fun and I, I really enjoy it and I'm thankful for every opportunity again, but like, is it what brings like, would being would being world champ of surfing, like make me that much more like, would that fulfill me? No, like, that's not what I want to be. That's not why I started surfing, like going and finding epic waves with my friends and doing projects that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Right like, I don't, yeah. I could care less about the trophies on the mantle, you know? Nice. They sit in my crawl space. So yeah, it's all like, about running with the Sasquatch, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> watching my sodium go sky high as I eat. yeah doing fun stuff. So hey man, you know if you're when you're not surfing, then like what other kind of things keep you stoked? It sounds like oh, you man, I'm fishing. Diehard fly fisherman. I love okay. it. Yeah, like it's it's so that's like my secondary thing for sure right now. But I, I do a lot of stuff like uh, I skateboard, I snowboard, um, ride dirt bikes, go mountain biking, rock climb. Yeah, like a little bit of everything. And I and like for so long, I didn't do that. Like I grew up doing all that stuff. And then, you know, surfing became a real part of my life. And, you know, you have to have that one track mind to a certain extent, you know, and that's like your one and only truly focus. And then, you know. But as I, as I've gotten older, I've like learned to like take the foot off the gas and like, you know, you don't have to, it's, it's nice. It's actually helped me doing other things than like come back to surfing. Like it makes surfing like that much more amazing. Yeah. It's, it's not like enjoying the ride. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you, you enjoy it more. You, if you do other things and then like you can take other things that you're doing and bring it into your surfing, yeah. like you know, whether it's, you know, fishing for me is like a, a very calming thing where like surfing is not so much. So it's like, it's nice to be able to have that reset for my mind where it's not like on, on, on the whole time, you know? Um, and then like, like mountain biking is like great conditioning, you know, like, cause yeah. surfing's a very, um, asymmetrical sport. So your body actually gets all jacked up, like asymmetrically speaking. And like, you can have some, you know, issues over that. It's like definitely something that's come up and something that I've had to address. So doing other activities that are more, you know, um, on work, different parts of the muscles and different parts of the body really help. Yeah. What about these, all these offshoots of surfing, you know, like sup and foiling and kiting. And I hopped on my first sup this summer, actually. Okay. Yeah. I like subs for fishing. They're epic, but I actually rode a sup in the surf and I think it was like a knee high wave and it felt like it was a 20 foot wave and I was terrified. <laughs> yeah no i was like i don't know what to do i'm gonna die like wow so big and i just couldn't control it and yeah it, but it was fun like i had a blast um foiling seems terrifying as well like that thing just 
I want to try it, but every time I'm like ready to try it, I'll be like on Instagram, like see like somebody get like absolutely scalped by one. I'm just like, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe going to put that off for a bit. Yeah. A little off the top. You need to enjoy that hair, man. While you got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> right on dude. So, Hey, you know, uh, during this COVID time, I also like to ask people while we're all hunkered down a little bit more, have you been watching anything, reading anything that you recommend? I watch a bunch of stuff all the time. I, and I'm like, I'm, I'm a sucker for like random articles on the internet. Oh man. I get so sucked in. And then all of a sudden I'm like, like today I was randomly reading about like, a crazy like genetic disease that like only like 18 people have and i was like, you know, like <laughs> i like that kind of stuff like oh that's wow. something i'm gonna dig into that um and then before i know it i've been like on there for like two hours and i'm just like yeah. down, down a rabbit hole of uh, before you know it you're one of the world's leading experts in the most rarest disease. random stuff what was it today oh yeah today was like um where we like came from in like Ethiopia, like six million years ago, with like the first upright Homo sapien esque type of uh, skeleton. Okay. Yeah, like that. I I don't know. I'm a sucker for that stuff. Um, and then I I don't know. I find for watching stuff, I really like uh, music documentaries. Oh. Find any any like artist, like even if, like a painting artist or any sort of like multimedia person, like I find. I find them really interesting in how their mind works and just how they look at things. Anybody with a different outlook than me, I can like really, and I, I, even if it's something I don't even completely agree with, I try to like find something or like at least ask myself, okay, why do they think like that? You know, like even if it's somebody who doesn't have the same views as you, if you can ask yourself like, why do they think like that? And like at least get to that bit, like maybe it'll help you understand them a touch more because I find with so much division especially now like people are just like no this is what i believe and it is proper and then the other person's like no this is what i believe and this is law and it's like that's not how you get anywhere you know you have to you have to be open to the other person as much as they need to be open to you in order to get somewhere in the middle that is like a happy ground you know like when people both have their defenses up and, you know, are so set in their ways. And like, I can definitely be guilty of that as well. I think everybody can, but yeah. if you're open to at least understanding the other person, you don't have to agree with them, but at yeah. least understanding where they come from, then like, I think that's how you get somewhere. My wife's a vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. And I am not obviously because I ride for a beef jerky company. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Like, I, I like the like I like the idea of vegetarianism and I like the idea of a balanced diet. And then the other day, again, Rabbit Hole was on this like whole thing about like this dude only he's on the carnivore diet. So I was like, all right, yeah. what's all this about? And then by the end of it, I was like, okay, I see it. Like I I I don't want to do that, but I, I understand why somebody would. So yeah, I don't know. It's I, I like other people that are out there because then you get to learn something that you might like. If everybody is the same, it would suck. I mean, I'm not per se a hunter, but if I was, if I want like the, the dilemma I keep coming back to, I was like, hell, you know, like I eat meat. I don't eat a lot of meat. Like I definitely don't now, but I would, you know, if I was going to like do it properly and do it ethically and like best for the environment in the ways that I would 
like perceived to be the best. And I mean, this is just my opinion. It's yeah. not, um, but I would, I would hunt my own meat. Yeah. And that's the word ethically, I think, yeah. you know, and I think, like, you know, like if you're going to do it, if you're going to eat meat, like, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. Like, cause for me, like, it's not the whole animal thing. Like I'm the biggest animal lover. So don't, don't take that the wrong way. But um environmentally it's, it's more of a thing for me than like the amount of ugh, forest it takes for just like one beef patty is like mind-boggling yeah like, the amount of resources that it takes the amount of pollution it does like that's not okay absolutely yeah oh so, yeah i don't know it's it's again it's like there's so many of us on this planet now and resources are so limited so like that's i'd say that's our biggest our biggest threat basically. that's the thing that gets me though like people like donald trump who deny climate change and these things like we've never been at this point before we've never had this large population consuming no. at this rate and we're just pretending like everything's fine you that's, know like, a thousand years from now we'll just be like futuristic versions of ourselves now but i don't yeah, think we'll make think it that long if we keep it up I think the problem is too, is like when he was like in his learning phase of life, which I'm assuming was a long time ago, judging by some of his morales and what goes on, like, yeah, the world was fine. Everybody could have a Hummer and drive around and shoot cows and whatever and be cowboys. But like there's seven point something billion of us now, like things are different. Like everything we do as a society and as a species has immense consequences. And it's just not something that's like, you know, it's out of sight, out of mind, like, whatever, it doesn't affect me kind of thing, but like, that's, what's going to be our demise. Absolutely. So it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to uh, digest and yeah, I, don't, I don't know the answer. So as a surfer in Nova Scotia, do you see any of that? Because, you know, you hear about other guys around the world watching the reef turn white oh, I, and road away and I, the pollution there's paddling through. Absolutely. Like I just turned 31 and I have seen, so much change in my short time on this earth and like you you can chalk it up to whatever like but no it's it's a thing like and if you deny that like sorry but like you're wrong Mm -hmm. because it's i mean to think about that like the world is however like you know arguably however long um depending on your whatever um so let you know 30 years that's a blink you know that's nothing yeah if I've seen change and like, you know, and then like the first five years, you don't really know what's going on. By the time you're actually paying attention, you're probably 12. Yeah. So like you even narrow that down even more, like, okay, that's, that's a, that's so exponential at that point. Yeah. Like what curve are you on at that point where you can notice something in like a span of two decades. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even like, no, it's November 23rd. It's one of the warmest Novembers I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, Summers are the driest I've ever seen them. Like there's things happening that I've never seen. I talked to guys on the river. It's like, Oh, it's the lowest I've seen in 35 years. You know, like that is like common trait. And like, that is what you hear every, every year you hear that. Oh, lowest, most I've seen it. You know, it's like, those are what are described. Like that's just commonplace now. Yeah. Yeah. We got to pull it together, man. Uh, We got to make some changes. I, I'm, uh, I like JT's, uh, you know, approach here, we're going to ban single-use plastics. I think that's a pretty cool 
stuff yeah, you know like i i mean living on the ocean i see a lot of it but like man that's that's such a tip of the iceberg but you know what's what i like about it though is yeah it's it's not gonna make all the change in the world but it's taking something and creating a new normal and it's so hard to do that but you know in five years from now it's gonna be normal to just like it's pretty normal now to wear a mask like you just remember to oh, grab mm. it from the glove box and put it on yeah. the store it's going to be normal to remember oh yeah i gotta bring in my reusable bag i mean i hope the mask thing goes away i'm not I'm a... I, I sure as hell do and there are you know a, a lot of those are single use as well so i'm yeah. not sure what their policy is on that yeah i got i got reusable ones but yeah that's like yeah. it's just like we somebody told me one something one time it's like we create a solution and then generally the solution ends up being the problem and that's the the biggest dilemma of the human race every solution that we create ends up becoming our problem sooner or later so like plastic was a solution to using metal you know and then we created another problem or like you know i heard plastic bags were a solution to paper bags because of cutting down trees well now you know so every solution that we create generally ends up being the problem. Yeah. More or less. I mean, we'll see what happens with the internet. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah, man. There's <laughs> a lot of problems and there's no way we're going to solve them all right now. Yeah. But I'm glad that we're at least thinking about it. Um, I believe, I could be wrong, I think it's the Iroquois nation has the rule of seven generations. So you don't make a single action um, until you've thought about how it's going to impact seven generations from now. Yeah, that's a that's a great way of doing things. Yeah. Because everybody's so in the now. And I think, again, it comes down to our technologies and the way that society's kind of like placed everything. It's like everybody's so singular in their attempts. You know, it's like you have to do this or, you know, I have to do this. I have to become this. And it's like it's not, you know it's essentially we haven't geared ourselves for like the greater good of our, you know, of our, even our, our species, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, that's, that's the question that needs to be answered first. And then once that comes to fruition, then maybe we can move forward and make some change. Yeah. You're right. It's all about me. And, but if you started thinking, man, what I'm doing right now is going to prevent my uh, great-great-grandchild from even ever being born, mm. you know, that might start turning some heads and changing some ways. For sure. But I also think too, like we're, it's, it's, and I mean, it's the way we're geared right now. Like uh, the average attention span has dropped to like, I think it's like three seconds. So it's wow. like, people are so consumed with like their Instagrams and their TikToks and their Snapchats and their what, what have you is that like, they're probably not even answering those questions or asking those questions. So it's like, man, it's so hard to get even to this conversation that we're having right now. Like you can get somebody to this conversation then like, yeah, you might, you might have an ear that'll listen to you, but if you can even get their hands heads up from the screens, it's like, oof, okay, now we're, we're getting there. Shit, dude. We made it past an hour, man. Yeah. Wow, we're, we're doing something right. You know, if, if either of us were to take three years off of technology and we tried to come back to it, it'd be like, whoa, like, you know, so I don't know. I, yeah, I, I wonder I what would happen like if you, 
Yeah, I wonder what would happen if you didn't look at your phone for three years. Like when when everything's at your fingertips, it's like, oh, like this this is a solution to the problem that we had, but now it's the problem. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's it's I mean, it's with everything. It's not just with technology. Like yeah. a lot of our drug problems stem from a solution and then they became the problem. So yeah. it's it's you know, that's that's kind of how we're geared as humans and our race you know we we were that's our biggest tool is our brain and we create these solutions for problems that we perceived we have and then all of a sudden oops yeah well look at this covid stuff i mean it took no time at all for that to spread across the world again because we're too selfish as individuals and can't figure it out for the greater good yeah but i mean imagine back in the day before airline travel like oh, how yeah. long would that have taken to come over on a boat? Or I, it probably wouldn't have made it. Yeah, or certain it countries have, it have, weren't even it on have the map. Out, like, so I think, like, and especially if you were looking at the pop, like, if you're even going that deep and going back to the populations that would have been of that time before air travel, like that, you know, in wherever in China, I think it's like the southwest of China is Wuhan, I think. Okay. Uh, so yeah, like, you know, that would have been an isolated farming community and it probably would have had this like crazy sickness and then it would have, you know, fizzled out. Like they would have had herd immunity in their little area. Maybe it spread a little bit, but then it would have been over. And, you know, then that's the problem now is like we have, travel has never been more accessible than it was pre COVID. So, you know, every, like everybody traveled at that point. So if you have, I mean, we're lucky, like COVID in in a sense is like, it could have been so much worse. If it was like the black plague, you like kills like 70% of people, like, you know, like think it could have been so much worse. Like this is, this is like, I think a great wake up call for maybe like us as a species to be a little bit more responsible. Well, the word species, I'm glad you used because that's what I was thinking. Like now more than ever, we have to band together, not as countries, but as the human race. Like we have to realize we're in this together. What happens to you affects me, not just, oh, I'm Canadian and you're American, that's Hmm. separate. No, it's worldwide. And I I think maybe like to, I mean, I hope again, who knows, but um, with COVID, like you know, if you can't see that correlation, like, you know, you're a pretty closed off person because it is a species problem. And, you know, look at like, you know, certain countries that don't have their numbers under control are massively affecting other places. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, this, it got out of control when I think China was at like 60,000 and the U S is now reporting like 200,000 a day. Wow. So, Again, we're still super lucky that it's not like 80% mortality rate, but yeah. You know, and I, I hope we're gonna we're near we're you know, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It looks like they got a couple of vaccines on the go, but then that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> oh yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff, man. Well, hey dude, I did not know the conversation was gonna go this way, but I'm glad it did. Thanks for uh, brainstorming with me some of the world's problems and some, uh, <laughs> you know, what we're going to do about it or just... Yeah, two, two surfers are going to solve, solve the whole world's problems. So. Yeah, really. Yeah. From the East Coast and the Great yeah. Lakes. Here we go. Yeah. So, man, do you got a surf session lined up for the morning or... 
I, I do actually. Yeah, I'm gonna hopefully go out at first light, and then I have some family errands to do. It's a little fella, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great day. Those are those are the best days when I get to do my thing for a couple hours in the morning, and then you know I get to go hang out with the little guy all day. So right on, man. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we've had some good uh, northwest winds here lately, so I might get some surf as well this week. Yeah, I saw that cooking across the Great Lakes. Uh, that's yeah. what I saw tonight. Yeah, it looks like you guys might get a little bump in the morning. Yeah. So hey, you know, there's always a, there's always a positive. Mm, I don't know, like yeah, surfing. So it's changed for me in the last like over even over COVID. Like yeah. I used to get like, not bummed because surfing's awesome and like a bad day. So like, you know, but like you get accustomed to this like good waves and then, but like the other day it was like terrible out there. And I was just happy to be out there and just like yeah. sitting around and just taking it all in. Like, Oh, like, you know, we're so lucky. It could be like, could be so much worse. Yeah. I think when you're thinking, you know, is it all going to collapse? The, uh, the water is a real place of peace for all of us. I think it's, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it definitely is. And sometimes it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a release of some sort, you know, whether it's like your endorphins releasing or you're getting, you know, you have that good wave and you get that dopamine to your head, you know, it's like, there's so many it's, and that's, I think the essence of surfing is it is what it is to so many different people. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so awesome. And that's why I don't really agree with putting it in a box and like trying to put it in a nice little package and be like, this is what surfing is. It's like, no, it's part of it. Sure. It might be that to some people, but it's definitely not that to everybody. Yeah. Don't put baby in a corner. Yeah. <laughs> surfing is a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, I'm sort of in la la land. Oh, surfing is good. I know it can be a stressor too. It can really piss sure. people off if you're not performing or getting the waves you want. I, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, it's, and it's definitely that, but I'm more or less speaking to like, it's, you know, it's, it's different, you know, people do it for all different reasons. Not everybody does it for the same reason you do it. And like, I think, I mean, especially as it gets more crowded, like people have to respect that, you know, like Mm. what the guy sitting down the line from you is out there doing it for is totally different than what I'm out there doing it for and vice versa. So like, you know, that respect goes both ways. Yeah. I think like people need to be reminded of that sometimes because like, you know, like even, even when like a guy is out there or a girl and like, they don't know what, like, you know, like maybe they're new to the sport. Like I hate when people yell at people that are new to the sport. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. like you were there at one point, you know, like calm down. Yeah. They mean anything by it. Like, yeah. you know, don't go all snapping on them because you know, you were at that point once too. And it's like, it, what it is to them is not what it is to you. So just calm down. Yeah. And it's a chance for education too. Yeah. Like there's, there's maybe there's a conversation to be had, but when people start yelling, like nobody likes being yelled at. So you're never going to get an open recipient to that. So. Yeah. Well, back to your point earlier, you know, like uh, not understanding sort of black and white thinking. I mean, this is why, localism i just think is a joke i definitely get the like secretive part because there's definitely like special places that like you know a lot of work went into yeah um but then again like let's say i went to one of my spots that like i put a lot of work into knowing it and like getting there if some person rocked up to that and was like 
you know, as long as it wasn't like gifted to them, like in a really weird way, like that's awesome. Like they did what I did and now they should be able to experience it as well. Yeah. You know, like that's cool. Like we, we've had scenarios where like one time we like were serving this wave that we've known for a while. And like this guy rocks up in an RV and our minds were just like, poof, like blown. And we're like, how did he find this? And he like rocked up and he was so nice. And he's like, Oh, like <laughs> you had this photo cut out from a, uh, from a newspaper, like five years ago. He's like, I just went around and asked the fishermen about it until I found it. And we were all just like, that is so cool. Like, well, wow. like yeah. that's cool. Um, but yeah, the whole localism thing is hilarious. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's usually people that like, they feel like they're sitting in a higher echelon than they actually are. And it gives them like, you know, I'm better than you. So I'm going to yell yeah. at you. you know? So it's like, it's always comes off as like big and macho, but it usually comes from being insecure and a small minded person. So it hasn't happened a lot, but there's been a few instances, even just in this short, you know, few months that I've returned to Ontario where I've met people who they don't even want, they won't even tell me about a break that is widely well known. Um, but they just won't even express that to me. It's like, I have to figure it out on my own. It's like, well, all I have to do is look at a map and uh, search. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. And too. I'll see you there. So I don't know what yeah. you're trying to keep from. Yeah, Google from, Earth, you know? much ruined any secret spot. Like anybody with half a brain and <laughs> iPhone can like figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, the whole localism thing. It's, it's funny, but again, like, thinking at it from their, like, you know, maybe they're not the best surfer, maybe, or maybe they are like, maybe like, I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. Like the reasons that they have for doing it, are, like would always be an interesting conversation. Like if you could ever get that out of an angry local, like, like, Hey man, like, why are you so angry? Maybe like, that's oh, a guest I need to have on every now and again. And my wife yells at me and yada, you know, like, yeah, it could, it's like, who knows? Like, Maybe that's a potential show guest I need to have on. Angry local. Yeah, just you know, have just have a call in. Call, have a call number. Be like, it's yeah. Let's, let's have a. I just need what anonymous, anonymous, angry local. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, start the conversation. Nice. So, dude, before I let you go, um, is there anywhere anything that you want to plug or tell people to check out? Mm-hmm. Anything you're working on? I haven't really like the Red Bull thing. That's kind of the only thing we've done. Like, in yeah, a I'll provide there. a link for that. In the show. Yeah, it's so it's so hard right now with COVID. Like, we're just we have all these plans, but we're like just kind of like sitting there twiddling our thumbs. Like, it's like a daily conversation me and Scotty have. It's like, okay, what are we gonna do today? Like, uh, you have any ideas? And we're like, oh, we could do this. Like, yeah, we could. <laughs> yeah. You know? Why do you guys sound like Pinky in the Brain? Yeah, it's it's pretty much <laughs> like yeah, like it's like nine o'clock sharp, like on a day with no surf is like the phone call, like okay, what are we gonna do today? Like, what projects do we have on the go? You know, it's like full full board meeting time. Like, okay, like let's do something fun. What are you doing? Like, oh, like yeah. So it's it's fun, um, but yeah, it's everything's in limbo right now. So who knows? I want to do something cool. I want to do something creative. Uh, we have a couple ideas in the in the line so maybe maybe people see that soon i don't know it just depends it really depends absolutely we will uh we will keep our eyes and ears open man i could throw out a few suggestions 
you know, filming a sequel to the original Point Break. Point Break. I'm actually, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Uh, I'm actually related to Patrick Swayze. Are you seriously? Yeah. You are the relative of the Bodhisattva? Yeah. The Holy One? How, man? Pretty, pretty funny. Let's hear the story. You can't, I can't um, go without hearing the story. Like, it's, I totally forgot about it until you brought it. I was like, wait, oh yeah. Uh, I guess he's like a third cousin who like changed his last name. And like moved <laughs> to Hollywood with his mom. And it's like this whole story that like my great aunt dug out. And it's like a thing. It's super funny. So was his name Patrick Land- Landry? No, no, no. It's on my mom's <laughs> last name. I actually don't know. I'd have to ask my mom the whole story. I'm just okay. like... I'm just claiming it hard that um is really... Patrick Swayze Acadian? No. No, it's on the other side of the family. I don't even know. I, it's it's like it's deep and it's like I don't I don't know exactly how the whole story goes. I just Shit, left man, it. you can't bring this up and not <laughs> deliver. <laughs> I know, I, I mean I'll dig into it more. I just thought like I was just like, oh that's cool. And then like kind of left it at that, never really like dug into it too too much. Okay, follow up. You know, down the line, maybe yeah, fill me in a little more. You know, you can't just drop bombs like that. Like, oh yeah, Keanu Reeves is my stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I gotta figure out that whole story. But yeah, it, it goes something like that. Like he's a third cousin who like changed his last name or took his mom's last name. I don't. It's like a whole thing. But it's like very. It's something that comes up so ever so often at family reunions. So it's pretty funny. Right on. Yeah. I've always wanted to see like a sequel because at the end, it's not clear that Patrick Swayze dies in that wave. Like he could have survived that. And I want to see this life. Like point break. Pardon? You not see the remake? Yeah. That's a pile of dog shit. That's not. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I had a couple of friends that did stunt work in it, but I didn't see it. Yeah. The stunts are cool, but the story, I mean, you and I were talking about story earlier. Point Break, for me, I will argue that that's the best movie ever made. I love it because it's got everything in it. It's got surfing, but it's got romance. It's got action. It's got comedy. It has Anthony Kiedis, uh, lead singer of the Red Hot Oh, yeah. Chili Peppers guy, right on. Yeah, he's part of that gang. That's the the localism guys. You're like... I can't can't remember there. My buddy's like Point Point Break diehard. He'd be like sitting behind me like every line. He knows it. So, okay. So the Red Bull project, otherwise uh, you're working on project, twiddle your thumbs up your ass, you said. So so where can people, if people want to connect with you, man, where can people uh, reach out to you at? Generally speaking, I'm like a pretty private person. Yeah, I've done commercials and stuff like that, but I've always kind of like, that one's always been a little hard for me as well, like personally. Like, I'm like, oh, this is almost, like, too much for me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm honored that, like, people like the surfing and like the projects, and that's all well and good. But, you know, like, I think especially nowadays, like, and I could only imagine with people who are, like, famous. Like, my goodness. Like, you know, like, I've, I've hung around a couple high-profile surfers, and, like, people act like they, they get every act. Like, people almost assume that they get every aspect of this person. You know, it's like you know, you're an entertainer. Like, I mean, essentially at the, the root of it, like I'm an entertainer and a marketing tool for a brand, for an individual brand. Like that's not Logan as the person, you know, that yeah. is 
Logan as a commodity in a sense. So it's like, that's okay. I've, you know, I've, I've come to learn to live with that and that is what it is. Yeah. And then usually, yeah, usually it's just my friends that get these conversations. Nice. So yeah. I don't, and like, I think too, like, I don't, I think people need to be not more like that, but like people give too much, like, you know, especially with Instagram and how accessible, like people tell you about everything they do during the day. Like nobody cares. Like, come on. Like, you know, like we don't need every aspect of you. Like there's a reason like why people like, it's just, it's too much now. It's you're too accessible. Like, I mean, even like when cell phones, like that's why I was like when the episode first started, we brought it up and I was like, Oh yeah. I have my iPhone set to 730 comes around, like all calls, emails, everything are They don't turn on till 730 tomorrow morning. Yeah. And that's, it's like, this is something I've learned. I've not always been like this, like, you know, like, so it, it's, as I get older, it's something that, you know, like I, it's my time. It's like, you know, my time to like spend with my family, my time to think about things. So, you know, being accessible all the time, like definitely takes away from that. Yeah. So, well, man, I'm glad you came on the podcast. I'm also honored that really you, nice conversation. Uh, yeah, I'm honored that you felt compelled to do it after all. Um, you know, and I get the privacy thing. I think at the same time, though, like I'll counter that with, you know, rather than looking at people as celebrities, what I like about podcasts is it shows that, hey, like pro surfer dude is actually just a really cool, normal guy. And I think we like to take a peek into what would that life look like? Mm. Um, And it looks just like ours, except your day job is, you know, doing errors and stuff. (laughs) It's a little different, but like, yeah, it's like, I don't, again, like, I serve, that's what I do, but it's not who I am. So it's like, you know, I think that's important to separate for everybody. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Like you are, you you are what you do in a sense, but you're not, it's not who you are. So, you know, like my views and my way of thinking are like not really attached to like a stereotypical surfer. I would, I don't think so. So, um, you know, and I feel like, one of the the one things that surfers get pegged in is like the stereotypical like surfer dude you know and it's like man most surfers i know are not that person so i don't think i've had a single surfer dude on the show and i'm 20 yeah. episodes in i'll tell you actually and i mean this in the kindest way i feel like most of the surfers i'm talking to are kind of kind of like weather nerds or something like oh absolutely very like scientific people and yeah well it like it takes a lot like even before you catch a wave the knowledge you have to accumulate to like get in the spot is Mm -hmm. insane like you have to read read the wave you have to read like what it's going to do you have to know what that wave is going to bend at as it hits the bottom of like whatever shelf or beach you're surfing there's a lot of information all happening at a very short amount of time, you know? And then on top of that, like every surfer that is like, has been doing it for more than a couple of years knows how to read swell charts. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, it's something you nerd out on. It's like, cool. Like I've spent all this time, could have got a, probably a couple of PhDs, but I, Hey, I know, I know how to read swell forecasts pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I don't, it's in, yeah, it's, it's interesting because 
like every like man when i was going to get a mortgage for a house and they asked what i did they're just like <laughs> so you like sir i'm like yeah and they're like but like what like you know they totally treat like, like that surfer dude and i was like whoa 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 like you know take it easy yeah that person it's what i do it's not who i am kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. well i'll show the t4s and hopefully <laughs> Oh man, then then they'll be then they'll be like definitely asking me. They're like, oh man, like come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bad idea. Maybe don't do that. Yeah. Well, man, I'm stoked you came. I think so. My vision for this podcast really is, you know, with the without something like SBC Surf, I feel like there's a gap. And for sure. I know for me as a as a surfer and as a even more so than a surfer, as a member of our surf, of our Canadian surfing community, mm-hmm. I just like to connect. Mm-hmm. I want to know what what is it like surfing in Nova Scotia. You know, mm-hmm. I talked to yesterday who I talked to uh, Edison Castillo from the Alberta River surfing scene. So mm-hmm. just yeah, getting all these surfs out there on those rivers. Yeah. So the different perspectives is fascinating. I'll also say, you know, Noah Cohen was probably one of my favorite interviews as well, because just such a like generous, smart guy with a fascinating story too. Yeah, Noah's awesome. We, we've had some, yeah, some really long drives together and it's always good conversation. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'd enjoy more surfing with you guys or just, you know, hanging out, shooting the shit. Well, you gotta, you gotta get stuff in a car with us for like, 12 hours while we drive through a snowstorm in Iceland and then you get both. Right on. All right, man. I'm down, you know, post COVID anyway. Yeah. If, if I survive through it, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got strong immunity. Crazy. If you want to check out some cool surfing photos, follow Logan on Instagram at Logan Landry. People have all these other channels, but I, I don't know. It's just easy. Like Instagram's so easy and it's all there. And yeah, I don't know. It works the best for now. It's good. I like we it. Until, until something, until the cool kids come up with something else, I'm gonna have to learn it. I can't get into TikTok. I can't do it. No? Um I need little Reed to teach me how to do it. He seems pretty into it, but yeah. I, I can't get into it either, but my wife uh is into it a lot. I will say though, she's found this one comedian on there. His name is Petey USA. This guy is hilarious. I do watch his, his, I don't have the app, but she'll show me his videos and it's just ridiculous, like dark, hilarious comedy. Uh, that's good. Comedians are interesting. I, I, I was like, yeah, I, f- I find them very, uh, they're a good study. Yeah. You have to be like, I, I think you have to be like insanely intelligent to be a comedian. Yeah. I took a course in comedy and uh, it was awesome, man. It, but yeah, it's hard work. We, uh, yeah, because you have to be like jokes. everything, current yeah. affairs, everything. Yeah, there's and there's an art to it too. There's uh, definitely strategies for sure. I'll tell you this though. When I uh, did this course, at the end of it all, we performed at Yuck Yucks. Mm-hmm. And the feeling of performing stand-up comedy for me it actually was similar to surfing. Like I felt so freaking alive, man. Oh, it yeah. was the hugest adrenaline. You're set. You plan the set for four minutes. 
Hmm. But it, everything, like time slows down. Yeah. It goes in double time. And yeah, my skit was eight minutes long. Wow. And when you deliver a joke, the thing is, when you're practicing, you don't necessarily keep in mind the fact that the audience is going to react. Yeah. So That's when the audience laughs, you absorb that energy. And yeah. man, was it ever powerful. It was like a drug. Like That's cool. Well, that's that, I watched that Mark Matthews documentary, and he was talking about the similarities between public speaking and big wave surfing. So, yeah. Oh, that, really? That totally makes sense. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's, I think it's on Red Bull TV. Yeah, it's it it a great little documentary. It's about, like, his injuries and his, like, steps back and then, like, what, what he's doing now. It's just great, great documentary. Okay. Public speaking might be the closest thing I get to riding a big wave, so I might need to <laughs> I might need to do some of that and stick to the shore break. Yeah. All right, Logan, dude, man, it has been awesome talking to you, bro. Thanks for joining me on the Permastoke podcast. And I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, man. Stay stoked. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Later. That's all for another episode of Permastoked. I hope you all enjoyed listening or watching that one. Again, I want to say mahalo to Logan Landry for joining us from the East Coast and dropping all his nuggets of surf knowledge and, and all his thoughts about the world on us. So thank you for that, Logan. To learn more about Logan, visit him on Instagram at Logan Landry. And be sure to check out the story of an East Coast storm chasing surfer online. And also on YouTube, make sure you watch Running with Sasquatch. Before we go, please enjoy another song by Scrapes off their 2018 self titled album. This is Drive Around the City.
like to give a big mahalo to Mark Malibu and the Wasagas for providing our intro music, Hey Chihuahua, off their 2009 album, Crash Monster Beach, and our outro music, End of Summer, off their 2017 album, Return of the Wasagas. For more information, visit www.wasagas.com and check them out on Spotify and iTunes. And of course, mahalo to all you listeners out there. We are so grateful that you chose to join us for this episode. And we look forward to providing you with even more awesome content in the future. More episodes are definitely on their way. But in the meantime, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes. And don't miss an episode ever again. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can even listen on Spotify or the Alexa app. And you can even watch the show on our YouTube channel. Please let us know how we're doing. Leave us a rating and review. And don't forget to share with your family and friends over social media or by spreading the word in the lineup. To learn more about Freshwater Surf Goods and to check out our products and services, visit freshwatersurfgoods.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can stay up to date on new products, new episodes of Permastoke, events, our SUP and yoga schedule, and other exciting news. Don't forget to follow us on social media as well. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freshwater Surf Goods. But if you're a part of the surf or sup community or a surfaholic wanting to connect with your tribe and stay informed as to what's happening all across the Great Lakes and Canadian surf scene, then join our Facebook group, the All Canadian Surf and Sup Club. At Freshwater Surf Goods, we are currently in need of artists and graphic designers to help us with new product designs. We need photographers to provide Great Lakes in both East Coast and West Coast surf photography. We need musicians for music on the podcast. Hey, we want to make this a real community effort and have you all be a part of it. Or if you have an idea for collaboration, would like to recommend a future guest, would like to invite me to an event or book me to teach supper yoga, or if you'd like to carry our products in your store or you're interested in being a sponsor of the show, and for anything else, hit me up on social media or email me at Derek at freshwatersurfgoods.com. That's Derek spelled the Viking way. No double R's or C's, just D-E-R-I-K at freshwatersurfgoods.com. I look forward to next time and getting to know you all better. In the meantime, I'm your host, Derek Hyatt. Mahalo, freshies. Keep surfing and stay stoked. <laughs>